the big data that we have, which is generated from all sorts of different sources of, of data from all the general ledgers and the disbursement registers that have been collected over the last 10 years, um, it's built up the $6 trillion data points across 60 to 90 categories. Growing a business requires a holistic approach that extends beyond sales and marketing. This approach needs alignment among people, processes, and technologies. So if you're a business owner, operations, or finance leader looking to learn growth strategies from your peers and competitors, you're tuned into the right podcast. Welcome to the WBS Podcast, where scalable growth using business systems is our number one priority. Now, here is your host, Sam Gupta. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of the WBS Podcast. I'm Sam Gupta, your host and principal consultant at digital transformation consulting firm Elevate IQ. If you're involved in vendor negotiations or expense management, it's hard to know if you may be overpaying for services or goods. What if there was a way to benchmark your expenses against other companies? Enter big data for expense management. These data lakes have amassed trillions of data points in the last 10 years through several data sources. They have the capabilities to benchmark your expenses for the majority of your categories. In today's episode, we have our guest Scott Berman from River North Financial Group and Jake Lindmark at Optimally, who discusses how big data solutions have evolved and now accessible for small to medium-sized businesses. They describe how these big data solutions can help and how they work. Finally, they explained several nuances associated with financial big data products, including data quality, sources, and data privacy issues around big data. Let me introduce Scott and Jake to you. Scott Berman is an accomplished financial executive and trusted leader with over 30 years of business experience. Most notably, he worked for Annexter International in audit, controller, and finance director roles for 12 years. He left Annexter for big data and worked for IRI for 13 years in various financial leadership roles, but primarily as the head of internal audit. He left IRI to start River North Financial Group so he can leverage his financial experience and finance big data and distribution to help companies reduce costs and improve their financial reporting capabilities. Jake Lindmark is the Director of Partnerships at Optimally. With over 20 years of experience managing partner relationships, he spearheads alliances that result in expense reduction for their clients through big data. He has mastered strategic partnership development that helps nurture win-win relationships for companies seeking help with expense reduction and Optimally partners. With that, Let's get to the conversation. Hey, welcome to the show, Scott and Jake. Hey, Sam. I'm super excited to have you guys as well. And especially when we talk about big data, that is a super exciting topic. But before we get into today's topic, I would like to understand your stories a bit. So, Scott, do you want to start with your personal story and current focus? Yeah, sure. So I'm from the Chicago area. But I went to school in Tulane University in, in New Orleans. I was sick and tired of the cold weather in Chicago. So I had to go somewhere 
warm for school. So I headed down to New Orleans for four years. But then I came back uh, after graduation and worked in public accounting. And then after three years of public accounting, I moved to a Fortune 500 company called Annexter International and worked for Annexter for 13 years in various financial leadership roles. I did uh, an expat uh, assignment for, for Annexter. I, I was in Brussels, Belgium. I was in London and also Singapore. So that was about seven years of, of international work while I was with the company. After working for Annexter, I, I coming back to the U.S., I went to work for Information Resources, Inc. And Information Resources, Inc. is a, is a big data company. So IRI was buying grocery data from the top retailers in, in the world and then taking that data, loading databases, applying analytics and modeling, and then packaging that up and selling it to the consumer packaged goods industry. AC Nielsen is probably more of a name that many, many people know, and, and they're, they're a direct competitor, a duopoly type business. Very, very interesting business. So after a fairly long stint at, at IRI in various uh, financial management roles, mainly I was head of uh, internal audit for the company. I went out on my own at the beginning of 2020 and started my company. And, and so after starting the company, I partnered with, with Jake and Optimally to sell big data to corporate America. So basically, it's it's corporate expenses and using those corporate expense data points to help companies save money. Okay, amazing. So obviously, there's a lot of points there that I would like to touch on. But before we do that, let's hear the personal story from Jake. Jake, do you want to share your personal story and current focus? Sure. Mine's a, a different path to the to the same result as Scott, but more of an, an entrepreneurial path of of starting out after college, which was the Kansas University. I like to give my alma mater a plug whenever I can. But graduated in the late 90s and immediately went to work with a family member in a couple of businesses that he had started and built up that we were helping out in. And over the course of the last 20 years, we've um, started probably anywhere from eight to 10 businesses with all of those yielding good results of being sold off or, or spun into other entities. Um, and that's, that's kind of the path we, we've taken. I've never really been good at working for someone else. And that has led us to, in the course of the time when I graduated college, the internet was really coming to out in the open, if you will. And so we, we took that path to data from the very beginning. And it was in different aspects of it, but we always saw the potential there with the data in every company we had. And how do we use this? How do we use it to make informed decisions from, from some of our smallest, smallest companies to our largest ones that we were, we were going down this path of, of trying to analyze things and, and get this data to help us make those decisions and help us inform us in, in making better decisions to get those results in our company. So that's where we ended up today is with Optimally. And what we're here to talk about is that data and how we can transform this SMB world that, and give them access to this that they've never had before. It's kind of a where we are and how I ended up to where I am. Okay, amazing. And this is going to be so exciting conversation. But before we do that, we have one of the standard questions that every single guest has to answer on the show. And that is going to be your perspective on business growth. So I'm going to start with you, Scott. What does growth mean to you? So growth for business is is obviously 
when people talk about growth, they ultimately fall back into revenue. Maybe second, they look at, at employees. And then maybe third is they look at expenses, you know, and then maybe fourth, you know, obviously a big driver is, is cash flow. And really those, those are the four key, key items that, that are, are fuels, you know, for, for growth. And, and I think, you know, one of the things that, that people need to remember in terms of driving growth in their businesses, they, they always need to think of expenses first and, and always starting out by trying to, you know, making sure they're, they're controlling expenses. And then, of course, you know, making good investments to try to drive revenue. Okay, amazing. Jake, I'm actually going to come back to you. Do you have anything to add there in terms of, you know, what is your personal perspective on growth? Uh, I think Scott really hit the nail on the head there, but I want to expand on, on what he said about expenses a little bit with, with the step back of, of the number one thing is revenue. And we are, as a society, right, we're, we're and I have this conversation a lot, that we are really focused on growth. That is how, you know, we have weekly sales meetings. We have uh, quarterly sales goals. We have revenue generating fiscal plans for 2021. Everything that we do is really centered around that revenue and that growth and and how do we how do we get bigger and how do we sell more? And that's kind of the perspective that most people take. And I'm not saying every company, but we can make an impact if we step back from that for just a minute and look at those expenses and look at managing them. Because a lot of times we don't manage to those expenses because they're not hitting us in the face. And that can really help drive growth if we take, and I'm not saying that it's not important to go do the sales, but if we take a pause and look at those and analyze them, and and that's a big focus. That is our focus in our company of what we do. And that can really be an accelerator in that growth process. And so it's a different approach that most people aren't used to taking. And, and that's the expense side of the growth. And, and we do that with the data and just we'll expand on that as we continue to talk. Yeah, amazing. So let's uh, dive into the big data, obviously, right? And Scott, as you know, our target listeners are primarily the SMBs, right? And uh, obviously, big data is big. Everybody knows about that. Big data is also very expensive overall. And obviously, we are not going to be talking about the price point here. What we are trying to understand as part of this podcast is, okay, what is going to be the real value? What can we do using the data that you have and how can we as the SMB manufacturer or the distributor or the retailer be better or either save money or make money. So one of the problems that I personally faced in the big data world, and I have tons of background in, in the big data, to be honest. So one of the things are going to be really the data quality. And if the data is not as good, either from the source or the data that you are comparing with, you are not going to get results. It's very hard irrespective of how much big data is claiming to solve all of these problems, if the data quality is not good, it, we are not going to get the results. So in brief, do you want to talk about how the big data offering that you guys are trying to commercialize, how does that work? I mean, see, what are the data sources and what business problem that you are trying to solve? Yeah, so the business problem we're trying to solve is we're trying to come up with a solution to have companies be able to utilize big data throughout their entire business cycle in, in, in terms of optimizing, showing companies where they can save money. So in the big data that we have, which is generated from all sorts of different different sources of, of data, from all the general ledgers and the disbursement registers, registers that have been collected over the last 10 years, um, it's built up the $6 trillion data points across 60 to 90 categories. The 
software that's embedded um, above those databases that sits on those databases allows the optimization tool to read basic financial information that comes out of financial systems, GL, disbursement register, and then works to identify the areas where we can help save money. And that information then really transitions into a relationship with the client, with firms to act as their outsourced procurement. And once companies has that arm of their organization, we then will then dig deeper and and actually go to invoices and and be able to go to vendors and negotiate better prices on what they're currently paying through double checking with the database. So most of that data that's in there is pretty clean in terms of processes, direct processes that are used to clean that data. I think Jake can definitely talk more about that. Yeah, well, you know, I'll expand on it a little bit, but he did a great job of really talking about how that whole process works. And and it's kind of, you know, I I like to sum it up in in a short sentence. We use that data to bring transparency to business to business services that didn't exist, right? That's really at the core what we're doing. It exists for consumers, but it really doesn't exist for that business to business service. So that's kind of how I sum it up in in one sentence. And, And I think that it kind of clears it, makes it easy for everyone to understand. Yeah, I think with IRI, going back to my IRI days, cleaning up the data in the database and making sure good data was being provided to clients was important and was also an issue. The, the basic service was actually getting data from retailers, so electronic, so EPOS data, the scanner data, and that loading that that data into databases could create some some issues. So the challenge was is we were always trying to upsell. Well, to upsell a client to for analytics, modeling, um, special projects on 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 price optimization is something that was a challenge if the base data wasn't right. So to your question, Sam, the accuracy of 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 data it in big data and being able to commercialize big data and sell it to the market is very important. Right. So let me take an example here. So let's say if I have my data sources and you did mention this card that you guys are able to have this access to the GL data from everyone pretty much. So basically what you are saying is Let's say if I'm the manufacturing CFO, you are saying that you have access to my GL data. That doesn't make a lot of sense because then how are you getting access to this data? So can you talk a little bit more about what are the data sources, where the data is coming from, and what is the actual state of the data? So I'll chime in here. Okay. We have the business-to-business transaction data. Okay. I'm saying from a consumer standpoint, we, you know, as a consumer, we can go out and compare shop stuff. But from the business side of it, we don't have access to that as a business owner, and nor do we take the time to go out and actually use that. So, so just wanted to to clear that up. But our data lake, we have a six trillion dollar data lake that we have built over the course of the last um, ten years of being in business, and and we've gotten this from a, a variety of different sources, being from the private sector, also from the from the SBA and the BEA, which is Small Business Administration, the Bureau of Economic Analysis. So that's where we built our data lake up. And that data lake is just that raw data that sits there, right? And then we have to process it and put it in, turn it into a usable format. But from a standpoint of what we do, we'll go out and we'll, we'll 
connect with you, you being the business owner, and we will ingest your general ledger, right? That's where we get your data from. We ingest your general ledger. And from the standpoint, all we're looking for the vendors, um, the vendor information, um, when you paid them and how much you paid them. And that, that's all we're looking for from that standpoint. But we ingest that information. We benchmark it against our data. Um, we have these machine learned algorithms that builds this case of what you're paying and who you're paying. And it comes back with that very conservative projected annual savings that if you engage us as a client, that we can, as Scott talked about earlier, form those vendor relationships and go out and negotiate on your behalf and get you those realized savings that you haven't, as as I talked about earlier, that we haven't really been managing to. And that's managing to our expenses as well as paying attention to, you know, from the sales side of it, managing to growth, but we need to spend some time managing to those expenses. And that's what we do. Those are the opportunities that we give these companies with this database, this data lake that we have that they didn't have access to before. And I'm actually going to have further questions there, if you don't mind. Uh, so obviously, you know, let's say if I'm the manufacturer or distributor, and if I'm asking you to sort of provide me the comparable data, then obviously I'm going to give you my entire GL. So you have my entire database to be able to look into each of those transactions and to be able to compare, okay, where I may be paying more from the expense perspective, right? So that makes sense. Okay. So yeah, so basically what I was talking about is number one, we have the complete set of data from the company perspective. Let's say if I'm the manufacturer or the distributor, right guys? Uh, so you are going to have my complete data set. I mean, there's no problem at all. Uh, I can provide whatever you guys care for. And now you are going to look at each of those line items and you are going to tell me whether I'm paying more or less. And that's the, the intent of this exercise. That's my understanding so far. But the point that I'm not able to understand so far is going to be, okay, so you mentioned that you are getting this data, let's say from SBA, and it is not really the EPOS data or it's not really from the scanner. So my understanding is going to be, you are probably getting this data since you mentioned that this is the GL data that you have, right? So most likely you are probably getting the audit data. Right. That's my assumption. And, and you can correct me if I'm off here. Now, if you have the audit data, not every single SMB manufacturer or the distributor is actually going to publish that data. So your data is going to be slightly skewed. So can you talk a little bit more about why do you believe that it is not going to be skewed? Uh, if it is going to be skewed, then then tell us where the data is going to be skewed. Well, I mean, our machine learned algorithms, right? It, it's the it's it's built around getting smarter every time that we input more data and builds these it builds these algorithms, right? It, it it continually gets smarter. So no, I don't think our data is skewed. We continually input. It's continually going. It's you know it's a resource center. It's it's a library of data that continues to get bigger and smarter every time we put every time we ingest your general ledger, someone else's, you know, we're, we're continually feeding it information to where it's becoming smarter. So I don't think that our data is skewed. Um, I think it, it represents, you know, builds these cases specifically to your business around everything that your, that your interaction with your vendors and, and your payments are. So I, I think we do a great job. And so far in, in what, where we are in our processes, we, our savings projections have been greater than, than what we've been projecting. And we try and do that on a, on a very conservative basis, right? Because we want to under promise and over deliver when we come back to you as a client on what our savings is going to be. But anything you want to add, Scott? No, I mean, I think that the idea of the, of the big data lake is to really provide companies a, a benchmark of, of what's out there. I think the, the, the liability obviously to, to companies 
by by utilizing the data lake, relying on the numbers of the data lake is really non-existent. It, it's just really used as a as optimization, as a benchmarking. And then the real the real service uh, of the team comes in as we partner uh, with them on on outsourced procurement and are able to to go in and, and actually get actual information and then drive drive costs down, drive the prices down with with the vendors that the client that the firms have or if they want to switch vem- vendors. We, we help with that as well. It's a lot different. Like from, if you think of it from a liability standpoint, it's a lot different than what I was doing before with, uh, with IRI. I mean, if we were, we were providing data, uh, to, to, to clients and they were, they were using that data to, to report market share information and, and other types of, of, uh, product information that ended up making its way into the, its K's and Q's. And, and so there, there was definitely, uh, you know, a, a challenge there, but, but, for, but really what we're utilize, utilizing big data for in, in the corporate, uh, cost world is, is just for optimization and then for guidance. So we could, so we know where to, to sort of focus our, our attention. I think that, that what you said is, is spot on. And then there's the, there's this, the next process, right? And that's, that's the ongoing monitoring and benchmarking of, of what, of what those rates that these vendors have promised us, right? And that really doesn't exist out there. The continual um, monitoring of that, con- the continual benchmarking to get what you, you know, this data has driven us to, to make these decisions and given us, given us the information, right? As Scott said, it's given us the information and we go out and we use that information. Now we have to implement it and then monitor that ongoing rates that they've promised us. Okay, guys. So can one of you walk me through the process? So let's say if I'm the manufacturer and I'm coming to you that, okay, benchmark me. Okay, what is going to be that process? So obviously you guys mentioned that, you know, I'm, I need to provide my GL. So I can provide my GL. That's not a problem. Let's say if I provide the GL, what am I going to get in return? So we, we get to GL, we ingest it, we benchmark it against our data lake, as we've talked about. Yep. Um, and we come back to you with, with that optimization analysis, right? So, so we've, we've ingested that data, we've benchmarked it, we've gone through the process. And, and that's really one of the keys that we've, that we've come up with, right? And to really help SMBs, you need to be, it needs to be scalable and automated. And that's, that's the part that we've gotten down is to be able to ingest that data and benchmark it so quickly. Um, so we can come back and give you that optimization analysis, OA as we call it here for short, and show you what those very conservative projected savings are. And there's a whole presentation that we, that we bring on to show you this because it gives you the insight into your client dashboard that you will have access to. So we've got the projected savings. We show you what that's based on in that process. You know, how many vendors that we deem negotiable, uh, what areas uh, this is coming from. And then we show you how we help you manage to those contracts to how we help you continually monitor. As I talked about uh, just a minute ago, we, we continually monitor those rates that you were promised, right? Because anybody can tell you something, but as long as it, if it doesn't go into effect and you're not continually monitoring it, it, it doesn't matter. And that's really the, the second half of the equation is, is making sure that those implemented rates from your vendors, uh, that they're, that they're actually implemented. Those agreed upon rates are actually implemented. And we do that. We continually monitor that. We benchmark that. And not only that, we help manage to those contracts with you. There's some pain points that we found exist out there. And that's the auto renew of contracts that the SMBs have, you know. Again, I'll take a step back and talk about how we manage to growth and revenue, but we don't really manage to those expenses unless they're hitting us in the face. 
And, and again, not all companies do that, but a lot of them, you know, we're, we are just focused on growth and on the sales side of it and not the expense management side of it, as Scott talked about earlier. And that's what we do is we help manage to that by monitoring those agreed upon rates. And so that's kind of the, the whole process from start to finish. If you engage us as a client, right, we're going to tell you the projected savings. You're going to onboard with us. We're going to go out and negotiate with your current vendors. We're not looking to change them. We want them to remain the same. We don't want to disrupt any part of your business or how you're operating and then continually benchmark and monitor those those implemented rates as, as we go throughout our relationship. Okay, amazing. So let's say I'm, I'm still trying to figure out, okay, if I'm the, let's say the manufacturer or the distributor, obviously, you know, I am going to get some sort of the analysis of my vendors and it's going to be the expense categories as well that I am going to see and I will be able to find out the cost savings opportunities. Now, is it going to be for all the vendors? Is it going to be for all the product categories? Are there any limitations? So are there any sort of limitations with respect to either product categories or where you might not be able to tell us that probably there are no opportunities here? Well, obviously, the one limit is is people cost. People cost and rent are two yeah. limits. But go ahead, Jake. No, that you you said it. You summed it perfectly. Payroll, headcount, right? I don't know yeah. what it takes to run your business, and I'm not going to pretend to. That's very personal. Now, now let's step out. Payroll processing, we can do right. That that's we we can benchmark that. We can analyze that. We can we can compare it to like companies. So that's kind of the differentiator there. As Scott said, it payroll and rent. We don't do that, but everything else. We will do and we'll do, you know, we'll do the cogs. It, it's all a matter of what you as a, as a business owner give us the ability to benchmark and, and negotiate with on your behalf. And just to clarify, you're not the one doing the negotiation. We take that heavy lifting off of your shoulders. We're the one engaging your vendors. We're the one, you know, I'm taking that time. So we really actually provide that benefit back to companies by giving you back the time that you would have to, to go out and engage these vendors and to go out and negotiate with them. We had a, a vendor reach out to us and, and I hope it's okay. I share a, a real version, a real life story here. We, we reached out to a vendor and this vendor was, was completely relieved. And this just happened this week. So I'm sharing the story. They were super excited. They said to, to our negotiations team, they said, you know what? We've been trying to get in touch with this owner for six months and he hasn't had time to even pick up the phone or engage us. And we are super excited about what you're doing and how you're handling. So thank you for for taking this burden off of them and allowing us to actually engage this company. Yeah, I think that one of the big focuses for for companies and and Sam you mentioned it earlier as for small you know small business and in manufacturing is every owner out there you know we're we're sort of talking about it from you know being able to control your expenses reduce your expenses you know maximize your your profitability and a lot of small business owners out there always have it in their their mind of a change of control they have their exit strategy you know that they're thinking about for their business and one of the important things that we want to we want to drive and we want to communicate to them is that when if you're looking to sell your business you know utilizing uh, the optimally tool and and utilizing the team to help you uh, with with procurement with driving down your 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 cost negotiating with your vendors every dollar you save there's going to be anywhere from a, a 2 to 10 multiple on that dollar when you're trying to sell your business on top of that 
you know, the fees ultimately that you would, that you would, you would pay us, which is, which is 50% of, of documented cost savings over three years. Those are, are not run rate expenses. So you can carve those out of your EBITDA number for, for the multiplier when you're selling your company. So, you know, this, this solution is, is something that's, that's very powerful for, for small to medium sized business, especially for those that are, that are looking for an exit strategy. It's really a no brainer. Okay, guys, that's it for today. Do you have any last minute closing thoughts by any chance? Yeah, I think, uh, you know, like I said, it's, it's, uh, it's great being with you, Sam. Thanks. Thanks so much for, for having us on. Just want to try to communicate to people that, that, you know, using big data is not only for for big companies you know the 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 fortune 500 and and the top consumer packaged goods companies in the world that are spending billions of dollars on on cpg data there's big data out there that can be utilized for small to medium-sized business and and optimally is the solution for that and it comes at 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 no cost no risk to to the companies so just wanted to continue to, to you know pass that message okay amazing and jake do you have any last minute closing thoughts by any chance yeah you know i'll expand a, a little bit on what scott said that you would think that that our phone would sit here and be ringing off the hook right as he said it's no risk what do you have to lose but it's not and that's the you know it's the whole point to get the word out there that hey we do exist this big data sits out here and you now have access to it it's Scott said, it's not, you know, it's, this isn't just about the, the fortune 1000 companies, you know, spending millions of dollars, billions of dollars on, on this data and using it for themselves. You now as a small and mid-sized business have access to this. You just have to, to go out and engage, engage us and let us help you because we truly do help these companies when they engage us. I mean, it's, it's amazing how much and how big of an impact that we can make on them, that we can help them once they realize that. And it's just a matter of them engaging us and, and saying, hey, you know, I didn't know this existed before. I'm going to take just, it doesn't take any time really either. It's it's a minimal amount of time for us to, to help them and make that impact. So, you know, I encourage people to go out and engage companies. If it's not us, a company like us. Because we will help you, we will make a difference, and, and and we will give you access to this data that you did not have before that can help you drive those decisions um, based upon the data, giving you some some information. Right, guys, and my personal takeaway from this conversation is going to be as the machine learning is growing and uh, tons and tons of data is available, obviously there are going to be tons of opportunities in the market to be able to optimize your spend. Um, so be open-minded and explore. On that note, I would like to thank for your time, Scott and Jake. This has been an insightful conversation. Thank you. Thank you, Thank Sam. you. Appreciate it. I cannot thank our guests enough for coming on the show, for sharing their knowledge and journey. I always pick up learnings from our guests and hopefully you learn something new today. If you want to learn more about Scott, Jake or Optimally, head over to rivernorthfinancialgroup.com. It's R-I-V-E-R-N-O-R-T-H-F-I-N-A-N-C-I-A-L-G-R-O-U-P.com. And a short video will pop up on their big data product. Links and more information will also be available in the show notes. If anything in this podcast resonated with you and your business, you might want to check out the related episodes, including the interview with Scott Engel King, who describes why companies should be implementing a P-card program for their low-dollar transactions to reduce processing costs. Also, the interview with Susan Walsh, who discusses how to normalize your product, customer, and vendor data 
to avoid planning and forecasting issues with your inventory. Also, don't forget to subscribe and spread the word among folks with similar backgrounds. If you have any questions or comments about the show, please review and rate us on your favorite podcasting platform or DM me on any social channels. I'll try my best to respond personally and make sure you get help. Thank you and I hope to catch you on the next episode of the WBS Podcast. Thank you for listening to another episode of the WBS Podcast. Be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcasting platform so you never miss an episode. For more information on growth strategies for SMBs using ERP and digital transformation, check out our community at wbs.rocks. We'll see you next time.